Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm your co-host, Roshan Lungani, here with Adrian Nicholson. We've got a great episode, our first one for 2024. Adrian, how was your time off? How was your the, the holiday season for you? It was great. I definitely took advantage and saw as much family as I could. So I was happy about that. So I'm feeling good going into 2024. So it was a good way to have a fresh start going into the new year and just catching up with people. So everything's been good on my end. How about you, Roshan? Sounds good. Yeah, everything's going well for me. Had a nice uh Nice holidays, similar to you, spending time with family and happy to get back into it. I think we've got a great topic today that we can jump right into. Uh, We're going to look at both the bull and the bear case for the markets today. I think that you can find value in this by helping guide your decision making. This is one of those where where, um, I normally don't spend too much devoted time to this topic as I did when we when we're researching it, because I'm normally looking at the individual stock space. And when I say devoted time, what I mean is I feel like there's so much coverage from um, so much media coverage, so many articles about people on both sides and giving their thoughts on the market, but not necessarily at the same time. So I think where mm-hmm. where we can help for everyone listening today is we're going to give you both sides. We're going to give you our thoughts on the bull and the bear case and some of the data points. And then you can take that to uh, augment your research and help you decide what would be the right direction for you going forward. But Adrian, let's jump right into it. So why don't you start us off with some of your points? Do you want to start with the bull case or the bear case on the market? Uh, Let's just start with the bull case. I think that'd be a fun place to kick off. And I like how you describe it, augment maybe what you're doing, because I think that's the value of this topic and this discussion we're going to have today, where maybe you're going to the year saying, uh, last year was a great year. I feel like that momentum is going to carry into this year. So I'm feeling very bullish now. It might be helpful for you to hear maybe what the bears are and maybe here are some things that you might not consider going into the new year. So I definitely agree with you on that and find value on that. So like I mentioned, we're going to start out with the bull. I think one of the big things going into this year, which we talked about a bunch of times on the podcast, is the expectation that rates might be beginning to cut this year. And that's a strong case for why the bulls are excited going into this year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think that's a huge one. That's probably the strongest case uh is uh or the strongest point i should say there there are definitely multiple pieces to this but rate Mm -hmm. cuts uh, the fed cutting rates and uh, add a little color to that at the december 13th uh announcement they were guiding towards three potential rate cuts so you know three Mm -hmm. rate cuts would be would be huge uh and that helped feed that rally towards the end of the year last year you actually mentioned um a second point that I've got on my list as well, which is just the momentum factor. And the momentum from mm-hmm. the end of the year, mm-hmm. you know, the fourth quarter was really good last year. Uh, so the momentum from that uh, driving um, into this market and helping you know, give direction to the to the market in 2024. 
And that could be a counterpoint for some of the Bears going into this year saying, hey, look, last year was a, a solid year for the, the major indexes and for some companies out there. Maybe you could have an argument saying that it won't be as great. And that's one of the counterpoints that I saw going into some of my research. Having big back-to-back big years can be can be tough to do. Yeah, and what's interesting on that is that the more of the data I saw um, on that back-to-back big year. Now, now we don't not necessarily big. We're talking up, up or down. You know what I saw. The median forecast by analyst was a six percent positive year. But to, mm-hmm. to your point that, of yeah. back-to-back years, what I saw was after a year like last year, uh, where you've got you know up up or double digits really good numbers for last year it's typically followed by a positive year as well so mm-hmm. i can i if you take the word big out of what you had said you know to back to back big years if you just say uh positive years you know pos- a, a big positive year is what's followed it usually uh, you know a, another positive year comes after that uh, and I will, I've got some concluding points for us at the end as well that where I'll come back to this, but that, that's another, another one. I see what you're saying though, with the, the bears are saying you won't have big years, but I'm looking at it right now as a positive versus or a negative. And I think mm-hmm. what I've seen on that is more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I'll, another thing that I'll add to this point for the Bulls is they're expecting to see that continued momentum and a, another good year for the tech sector and consumer discretionary sector. They're really focusing on on those years, which has been driving some of the growth that you've been seeing in some of the indexes as well. And if you add on top of that, if rates begin to get cut and go down, then you can start seeing that broadening that we saw towards the end of 2023 with some of these companies that, you know, people were expecting them, you know, 2022 was a bad year for them. Maybe 2023 would help them out, but that wasn't the case. They still are down, but with interest rates expecting to be cut, maybe you'll see some of these companies starting to pick back up and turn in the, in the opposite direction, which would be helpful. And if you add on that continued momentum we're seeing in technology, consumer discretionary, it's a it's a mix of some good things ahead for the uh, the bulls and what they're saying out there. Yeah, agreed. And you mentioned a few times with rate cuts. I want to go into a little bit further into that. So the, the thought is, uh, once again, as the, the bull case is that inflation's under control, and the Fed will will then cut rates. By the Fed cutting rates, there's lower borrowing costs for both the business uh, for businesses and for consumers. Uh, if, if borrowing costs go down, people uh, have stronger uh, purchasing, a stronger, not necessarily purchasing power, but they're, the, the consumer and the business, the spender is in a stronger position because they'll, they'll spend more if rates are, if rates are lower. That's the, that's the thought. And you, you've seen this almost, you know, you've seen it directly impact housing, but also credit card. Uh, credit cards, you know, uh, rates as well. All all rates are impacted here. The other thing with lower rates that that is interesting is will there be uh, will there be movement from CDs, bonds, and cash to stocks? So as rates go down, you know, your CD matures 
from last year where you were getting over five. Well, if there's a, a three quarter point, three quarter point rate cuts, you're the next time that CD matures that was that was at five, it'll be at you know four and a quarter or less. And will the um, will the CD investor or bond investor or cash investor, because all of these rates would drop, will they then shift into stocks, which would be another, um, which would be bullish towards stocks, which would help drive things mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I mean, I categorize I, that section <laughs> as the the sideline money coming into the market. That's a strong case for the bulls as well. Yes, that is. Uh, another point I've got on uh, my list is that we will have that soft landing, meaning no no recession. Uh, and so if there there is no recession, the economy stays strong and it, you know, it then stayed strong through this rate hiking cycle and it will just, uh, you know, the rate cuts will just add fuel to that mark to that. Um, now, if the, if this is wrong and there is a recession, it'll, it'll definitely in the short term hurt the economy and hurt the markets. However, um, that is something that would also lead help lead to rate cuts. So some, some are arguing that that um, even if there is a recession, that will that could potentially be on the other side more bullish. Just, so we would have a decline, but on the other side more bullish, just because the rate cutting cycle might might be faster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've been touching a lot on the bulls. I just want to jump over the bears. We can kind of go Hold back on. and I forth. Got- but- I got two more points for bulls. If you don't mind, let's wrap up the bull case, go to the bear case, and then and then put it all together and get get That's concluding great. Okay. thoughts. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. My two more points on the bull case, uh, both election driven, uh, and this will be interesting when we go over to the bear to the bear case of things. But one is uh, from the numbers perspective, from 1928 to 2016, the markets are up 19 out of 23 presidential election years. Uh, mm-hmm. The other point on this I saw with the bull case is that you're really not going to know who's going to win until November, so that you're so you're not going to see money move in anticipation of a winner until until there. So those are my last couple points on the on the bull case. Do you have anything to add on the bull case before we jump over to the bear side? Well, I'll just uh, touch on some of the the things that you brought up as well. You talked about the recession. And I think that's just a, a big thing, too, that both sides are looking at as well. And I would kind of tip my hat a little bit more to the to the bears on this one, because I think what's significant about like the bears case is the, the fear of the unknown or how unpredictable years are. And um, I, I do think our economy, the U.S. economy, is strong right now. But any sort of just unexpected negative news or something out there, I think, could really impact. And I think that's what is actually probably causing some people to be bearish going into this year. Kind of just some unexpected news out there that people really can't plan for at the at the beginning of the year. Yeah, what you just described is why I would throw that out. You know, like for so first, I, I just want to touch on the word uh, uncertainty. Markets hate uncertainty, mm-hmm. which is why the bear case with the uh, is a bear case for the election cycle. So I find those mm-hmm. really interesting. Right, the bulls are saying uh, the election cycle is is a is a good thing because historically the markets do well during a presidential uh, election year. A and B, you don't know who's going to win, so no one's going to change. Now the bears say, well, the markets hate uncertainty, so the election mm-hmm. season is a risk. There are actually elections in 50 different countries um, this year, uh, so 
there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of risk. And I'm going to go back to another thing that you had said and, and almost, um, though this is the bear case, I, I find this point a little ridiculous is, uh, is, um, you don't know what's going to happen or the black swan effect, right? Mm-hmm. You, you just have yeah, no clue exactly. what's going to happen. And the reason I, I'd call that ridiculous is I didn't find this as one of my bull points, but couldn't you argue that's a bullish point, particularly coming off of 2023, 2023, all the analysts were the typical analysts. I'd have to go back and, and look at the uh, receipts if I want to call specific firms out, but typically analysts were looking at a very low uh, mm-hmm. positive year. And there were a few that were looking at negatives and, and then the markets blew that out of the water, yeah, particularly with the magnificent seven stocks and um, uh, AI driving things. Well, that's something you couldn't have planned for or really known in advance, right? I didn't know anyone else that really knew it prior to when, when that started, right? So with that being said, I would say the, um, uh, how I find the terms different, uncertainty or are un- unknown with the election is we know there's going to be elect an election. We know the markets don't like uncertainty, so there's a decline. But preparing for a an event or something that that you have no clue what it is or what it could be, whether it'll happen or not, though I can see why that's a bear uh, a bear case. I I throw that one. I throw that point out just because it could also be part of the bull case and you can't really do anything about it or plan for it. Like that most recent history, I think of just COVID, right? It's mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I guess in that, and if I have the years wrong, I apologize, but I guess that would be in like October of 2019 when we first got some information out of China, maybe then you could have seen something. And there were a couple big name investors, Bill Ackman comes to mind first that really made a bet that COVID would shut things down. And, and they were, they were right. But by and large, I don't know many people that did that bet or expected the kind of global shutdown that actually came from it. So I just don't see how you can plan for anything like that. For that reason, I'm not a fan of that being a point on the bear case. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all great points, Roshan. And there's only like, I think like two things I will, I'd really add to that. Uh, one would be, it's just, I think it's going to be very specific to certain industries, sectors when it comes to the market. And far as the election, you mentioned there's going to be a bunch of elections going on this year. It's going to be very specific. Of course, elections are specific to those countries. They have their own markets and their economies and their own geopolitical dynamics. So I think that's something too that I really want our listeners and viewers to, to draw out of this podcast today that uh, one thing I touched on a, about a year ago when we were talking about the topic of recessions and certain impacts was the idea of a rolling recession where some sectors, some industries are going to get hit a lot harder than some other ones. Some might thrive. I mean, you saw it with the magnificent 70s tech companies that focus on AI, even though interest rates were really high, they still performed exceptionally, exceptionally well. But there's other companies out there, other industries we saw with the banks, just the real estate market. Got, got hit really hard. And I think that's a trend that you could see continue out there where you, you may not see it as a whole go down. I mean, there is that possibility out there, but it is very specific. And that's where we really hone on the importance of diversification. Because if you're maybe overweighted in one sector and that gets hit the hardest by this rolling recession, it could, it could really impact you. And then far as the election, what you touched on, how I mentioned, it's very specific to the country as well. I mean, there's 
different risks factors and dynamics out there as well, where um, certain countries, people are, are bullish on this year. Some they're not. Some have higher recession risks than others. And I think that's something that people really need to look at and focus on going into this year rather than just saying, oh, hey, overall, I'm bullish on everything or, hey, overall, I'm bearish on on everything. Yeah, I, I, good points. On your rolling recession, I would wonder, is that truly a bear case, right? Because that that uh, the rolling recession, the concept being you're getting recessions in different industries or sectors at a mm-hmm. time, and it's mm-hmm. continuing to happen. I, I Personally, I don't know that I necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say I agree or disagree with the recession, although I, I do uh, I lean more on the bull case with that personally, where where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we are by and large past it, but it, it could happen. But with the rolling recession, if that's sort of constant and going through the markets, um, tell me if I'm wrong on this, Adrian, but wouldn't that suggest that, um, I guess, depending on the severity of the recession, uh, the, the rolling recession in the specific industry or sector, but overall, I feel like a rolling recession would line up with the bull case that not everything's going down certain things are and as you said if you're diversified you should then net positive is that fair well, i guess it's it's really determined on how the market reacts to that or how that really impacts sentiment i mean if it really just depends on how investors institutions really really react to it i guess that would be the, the only point i would make for that yeah and and you know the the other thought uh, i was having as i was going through this with with discussing with you is that the severity even if you were diversified if if you have that rolling recession and one area just took a particularly large hit that the other sectors or industries couldn't couldn't come back from but yes that recession risk is definitely a, a point on the bear case I'll, I'll give you one that i thought was uh was interesting uh and lines up lines up pretty well but the consumer has spent uh, their uh, savings that they had during COVID. Mm-hmm. The consumer has also charged up their credit cards. So they're, you know, and this is the, the bare risk is there is uh, fatigue or lack of resources on the side of the consumer, which would then lead to, you know, less spending, which would lead to, lower earnings for corporations which would lead to uh you know a declining declining stock price that that's a that's a bare point i i thought that was a pretty good and valid point with the with the current state of the economy yes please do so when i was doing research i kind of saw like a split i feel like the bears and bulls were using consumer spending as both of their their arguments where the 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 bulls were saying hey consumers are going to be strong this year and the bears are like hey no the consumer is not going to be strong this year and i think what gets baked into that and what's important is um employment unemployment and if that stays at the level you could say hey yeah maybe the bulls are right unemployment's low that means the consumer is going to be strong but the bear case what i found on that is that there is still and correct me if i'm wrong you see something different out there there's still a labor shortage and if that doesn't really get corrected that could really impact corporations which impacts profits and, and bottom lines at the end of the day so that's something that I'll probably do more of a deep dive research on, but I think that's what the bear's main case may be on this, that there is a labor shortage out there that could really just impact the, the future of consumer spending and which ultimately impacts companies. So 
that's the only thing I'd add to that section. But I thought it was kind of funny doing the research how the bears and bulls are both using the consumer as a way to make their argument. And that's not the that's not the only one, right? As far as the uh, uh, the bears and bulls using the same the same point, like mm-hmm. the same thing. It, the uh, earlier I said about the election cycle, right? The bulls mm-hmm. are saying historically it's up. Uh, uh, you know, it's over the last 71 years, it's up 7% per year. And mm-hmm. then on average, and then the bears are saying, well, the markets hate uncertainty. So just the fact that there are elections uh, are bearish. So that, that's, that's part of what with with this exercise, um, I, I find um, not as useful, because I feel like you can, you can take as we're showing the same data point and and you can potentially use it for for both for both sides. Let me give you another one of those, uh, just a good example of that. Uh, on the bear case side, their statement was that because the economy is strong and the consumer and business uh, will spend, will continue to spend, that's an inflationary risk. An inflationary mm-hmm. risk means the Fed will keep rates higher for longer, so there will be... Um, less rate cuts. So just uh, doing comparing these to one another, both sides are saying okay there 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 may be rate cuts. And the bull is saying the lower borrowing costs will lead to spending and the markets will will be strong. The bears are saying uh the rate cuts won't be as strong because the economy is strong and you've got the spending and that's inflationary. So once again, just using the same uh, information and, and, and um, uh, I don't want to use the, the right word isn't manipulating, but using the same information and sort of making it fit into your case, if you're a bull or a bear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what I was trying to uh, address in the beginning of the podcast, maybe that you had some type of uh, strategy in place, or you have some type of perception on on how the year goes. And I hope that us kind of outlining and talking about this will kind of maybe draw your your kind of curiosity to maybe look and say, hey, what what does the other side have have my take on that? Because uh, like you like you mentioned, just regarding interest rates, some people are, are expecting cut. They see that as bullish, but some people will say, "Hey, maybe if the Fed cuts too early or too prematurely, it, you could see a, a tick up in inflation with companies uh, with lower borrowing costs and the con- the consumer spending spending more." Yeah, and I don't necessarily think the risk is the Fed. It, I, I'm sure you saw this. I saw similar things, but that the risk is the Fed cutting too early because i think they're going to move slow and many have mm-hmm, said mm-hmm. that you know the, the the initial uh assessment last year was the rate cuts would have started this year in the fourth quarter right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so you could argue they're, that they're later but the but the slowing of the pace i get that uh, of rate cuts and you know, maybe it's not the three cuts that that they're talking about now that i think is um uh, is is more realistic because I think the Fed will move slow to watch uh, what the economy does and particularly watch what happens with inflation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to your statement earlier of the unknown, this sort of lines back up with it, and I'll walk you through the, the steps. But one is with tension between China and their neighbors, with wars uh, uh, as well, that could lead to higher oil prices 
which would slow gro- global growth and potentially cause inflation to uh, creep back up. So, uh, and added on to this is the the threats to global shipping, which is supply chain disruption, which could lead to higher inflation. So, walking you through that through that is that uh, oil prices go up, causing inflation to great to creep up. That will cause the Fed to not cut or to slow their cuts uh, on the um, on interest rates. And that would then be bearish for the markets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely agree with that because far as it impacting the supply chain with increased oil prices, that, that's huge, especially for companies, especially in the industrial sector as well. So that might be very specific to that, that industry as well. But I think that's a good point that you brought up. Yeah. Adrian, do you have any more bear cases or bear thoughts? I've got the we've completed my list on the bear side as well. Uh, no, yeah, we went through everything on my list. Or is there anything else that you maybe want to add or how you want to maybe combine this for any other valuable information for our listeners and viewers? Well, I do have I do have some conclusions. I don't want to step on any of yours, mm-hmm. though. Do you have any conclusions you'd like to share? Or should I jump into mine? Yeah, go ahead and jump into yours. Yeah, for those of you that have listened to us for almost a, a half hour on the conclusion side, the first thing might make you feel like it's a waste of time. And I apologize for that because I do think looking at both sides of the coin can help you. But my conclusion is that nobody knows which way which way it'll go. So if it were if it is and were me personally, you know, I I wouldn't uh, look at this and say okay. I'm a bear because of everything that's said, so I'm not going to invest in the markets, or I'm a bull, so I'm going to invest because of these reasons alone. So that's the first thing I'd say is nobody nobody knows for sure. And um, uh, as I said, I um, won't be able to use this to, to tell you who exactly was right or wrong from last year. I did not go back and look at it, but I can tell you the overall consensus was a weak first half of the year, rate cuts in the fourth quarter, uh, leading to a stronger market, uh, you know, maybe in the third as you expected rate cuts. And what actually happened last year was the first two months were really strong. Then we saw weakness with the banking crisis in March and April, and all those gains by and large were returned. And then you know you had the uh, debt ceiling risk in but in May, but the markets shot up and weren't even concerned about it. We had a weaker uh, late summer and then into October, and then things shot shot up at the end of the year. So I bring up what happened last year just to show just to show you that that was not what we were reading or seeing last year. And uh, Adrian, please share your memories or thoughts on this. But I remember the thoughts on last year was a weak first half of the year, a mild recession, and then a stronger uh, second half, which wasn't exactly the right. It was right. It was a little bit more balanced in terms of how the year the year did. So my point of nobody knows uh, which way it'll go is I would use this maybe for research and information. Uh, and we always have to share our uh, our disclosure that this is not investment advice. This is just for you to look into things, research and thoughts. And we really presented both sides. So not necessarily any, any specific direction, but I would use, use this uh, as, um, as I said earlier to 
augment your research, but I, I don't see how you can really make good decisions on this information, right? I, I think you can enhance what you're doing or use some of these data points uh, in line with it, but I don't see how you use it to make a, make a decision. And uh, the other uh, point uh, on here on my conclusion is that uh, if you're a long-term investor, you should be okay, right? It, it, this we're talking one year, and nobody knows what's going to happen one year or you know one next week, next day, or even the next year. But if you look at these things in multiple years, you know, five years, decades at a, at a time, a lot of the stuff we're talking about really are just you know blips on the radar and little dips and and uh, increases in the markets. But you have an overall positive positive trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you pretty much touched on the conclusion part. The only thing kind of my last take on this would be that you really just have to work with the information you, you get. And I think there there is really value in this discussion where it can kind of help paint the, the backdrop for you. Maybe you're just somebody that looks at your portfolio and you just really monitor the ups and downs. But maybe you want to go a little bit deeper in that and kind of understand Hey, maybe why is my portfolio doing this? What are what are the risks out there that can impact it? Maybe why is it doing well, or why is this section of my portfolio doing well, and why the the other one is it? Just trying to add to your research, stay up to date on current events, on what's going out there, especially maybe the businesses or investments that you own can be very helpful if there's times of volatilities or whatever whatever is going on can help you maybe make a decision or not make a decision, but just staying up to date to help you moving forward. Yeah, and actually, I I think what you described uh, is probably the most valuable part of this is that you're preparing yourself for either side so mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. if there is a decline, just because I you know that leads to to panic, whereas the, the increases lead to euphoria, but if there is a decline, you're not surprised by it because you saw this as a possibility earlier on the year. And maybe that gives you the staying power to be that long-term investor versus making any emotional or panicked decisions. If there is some kind of, some kind of decline, that's probably where I think this is the most valuable. And we did a, uh, a recent episode. It was two episodes ago of, uh, you know, uh, 2023 year in review. Actually, I think it was our last episode, which were also lessons from last year. And one of the lessons I had from, uh, from this from last year, um, is, is, uh, where I talked about, yeah, no, no more hedging and more going to, going to cash versus, versus hedging the portfolio. I'll tell you another one that I didn't mention that this discussion made me, made me, uh, think about is um, really spending my time, you know, time is, is limited and the most valuable resource I think we all have is spending that time wisely. And rather than researching the direction of the market, researching those individual companies to try to find opportunities to take advantage of the markets. Um, as we were prior to hitting record, Adrian and I were discussing some of our preparation for this episode. And I told him, I think you could spend the entire year researching this this topic and seeing slightly nuanced differences on it and it won't really lead to much which is which is why uh i don't particularly like spending too much time on looking at 
the bearer bull case for the overall markets just because there's so much that goes into it and any minor uh adjustment to the markets would have a major impact on uh on this like if you if you're running a model and you tweak the uh we were talking about rate hikes and rate cuts you tweak it from expecting three rate cuts to expecting one rate cut and then have a wildly different outcome so even a minor a minor adjustment has a huge impact that's why i i'd say spending your time looking at some of the companies are more valuable than looking at the overall market direction. For the market direction, I would just look at history and say it tends to trend up and being a long-term investor when you're looking at the markets as a whole tends to be the way to go. But once again, do your do your research and come to your own conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it, it might be a little bit deeper than just, hey, this year, are you bullish or are you bearish? And that's why I really enjoyed our discussion today and I find value in having this episode at the beginning of the year because it's something that you could come across of at, at any point in the year. Yep. And I, I, I'm going to just conclude with one of my favorite quotes on um, uh, on things like this, which is a JP Morgan quote when he was asked, what will the markets do tomorrow? And his response was, uh, they'll fluctuate. I think that's the thing we know for sure. The markets will fluctuate. Think long and hard about your investment decisions. Do your research. If you need help, please reach out to uh, me. Reach out to Adrian. We'd be happy to, to help you with that and take control and achieve your goals. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through RTA Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arate Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arate Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through Arte Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and securities through Arte Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.